Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 73, I think. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I have an article here from Alitia. Um, it's very good, actually. It's not bad. This one here is about the Man of God movie, which I've mentioned a couple of times. I've seen it. It's wonderful. It's about a, a Greek Orthodox priest, St. Nectarios. I could be pronouncing the name wrong. I'm sorry. A spectacular new film tells the story of a priest persecuted by church leaders. I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was great. <clears throat> um, I'm going to play um, a trailer here. This is... Uh, Hold on, I got a tablet. We cannot take the risk of him becoming a patriarch. He consorts with harlots on the streets. I know it is hard for you to believe that he can be a Judas, but it's true, Your Holiness. You think that you can come here and pretend to be holy? I'm starting to think that you're not human. You seem to be the real deal. No wonder they don't like you. You're a holy man, your grace. I lost my eyesight due to illness when I was very little. There is so much light in your presence. We feel that you don't exercise enough authority. A healthy balance between kindness and authority is best. Where is the evidence of my crime? An accusation that condemns me to a moral death. very different it was very definitely an eye-opener to the that culture that that world uh of the of the orthodox church of the orthodox faith definitely an interesting word kept on popping up synod <laughs> we've been hearing that a lot under the papacy of pope francis so i'm going to read this article and um let's dive into it okay so, we have here a story about a man who is the, the real deal, as you heard someone say that in the, uh, the trailer. Um, a man who really 
absolutely lived his faith um, right down to death. He, um, I would say he suffered white martyrdom because even though he was persecuted, he didn't, uh, what do you call it, suffer martyrdom through execution. Um, you know, he wasn't burned at the stake. He wasn't stoned. He wasn't executed uh, in front of a firing squad. White martyrdom is that you, you bear the abuses and I think it mainly re, uh, relates to persecution from your own faith. Um, I I think he was a threat uh, to to men in the church, his fellow brothers, because he he lived the faith. He breathed the gospel. He lived, breathed Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was his life was his breath well you know jesus was everything and all to him he he really believed in the power of prayer um they accused him i'm guessing maybe there were hints of sexual uh they called him a judas he could have been patriarch of alexandria egypt but there were men in the church for some reason. They, I think they were phonies. They were charlatans. They were wolves in sheep clothing. And they saw he was the real deal. They saw he really lived the faith. And I think he, uh, just like the Book of Wisdom says, he revealed their shame. He revealed their hypocrisy. The faith to them was their bread and butter, their food, their shelter. Meanwhile, this man, his faith was his life. The church was Christ. The church is Christ. And he, he really believed in it. So let's, let's begin the article. Spectacular new film tells the story of a priest persecuted by Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm sorry. Persecuted by church leaders. Spectacular new film tells the story of a priest persecuted by church leaders. Okay. Um, this was um, written by Father Jonathan uh, Mich uh, Michkin, published on uh, 08-1622. In this exclusive interview with Alita, uh, Alitia, uh, director Yelana Pavic unpacks the extraordinary theme of her latest film, Man of God. The woman uh, director is Yelana, Yelana Pavic. Flannery O'Connor once wrote, It seems to be a fact that you have to suffer as much from the church as for it. But if you believe in the divinity of Christ, you have to cherish the world at the same time that you struggle to endure it. It is sad notion, but there have been many saints who were not treated well by the church in their own lifetime. St. Martin de Pours, St. Joan of Arc, St. Alfonso Liguori, and on the 
and on the list goes. Responding to mistreatment is never easy, but it is especially hard when those who mistreat you are religious leaders. The new film, Men of God, shows us, though, that there is a way through such treatment that, rather than destroying our faith, ultimately renders us more holy and close to the heart of Christ. The film follows the life of Nictorius of Agiana, Agina, I guess, uh, a saint of the Greek Orthodox Church who lived under uh, who lived under nearly constant persecution from his fellow bishops. Though he was beloved by his people, he was loved by the the lay people. He was exiled, slandered, and at times even had to endure physical assault. Yet he never lost his faith and hope in God. He died in obscurity in 1920 at the age of 74. By 1961, he had been recognized as a saint by the Ecumenical Patriarch of Constantinople. In 1998, the Greek Orthodox Church, uh, the Greek Orthodox Patriarch of Alexandria and all Africa issued a formal apology for all that they had made Nectario suffer through. See? It took, so he was cleared, he was cleared um, in 1990. In 1961, he was declared a saint. By 1998, all the charges, the false charges against him were finally dropped and they apologized. It's crazy. Yelana Pavic wrote and directed the film. She shared with Alitia, I'm going to spell the name here, A L E T E A. Uh, I'm sorry, A-L-E-T-E-I-A. All right, so you can look up the article. Um, she shared with Alitia which, what inspired her to make this movie and why she believes it will resonate with people of many different backgrounds. What? Okay, question. What is your background with the Christian faith? This is the to the director. I was born in Belgrade, Serbia. Even though my parents were baptized in the Serbian Orthodox Church, they were not practicing their faith. They never even spoke of it, so I did not know much about the Christian faith. I clearly remember that I always believed in God, but until later, I did not know who Jesus Christ was or who the Holy Virgin Mary was. I did have faith. Every time I would walk into the church in Belgrade, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I felt it was God's home. Before I left Belgrade, I went to the church to ask God to protect me. While in Milan, Italy, I would frequently go to the cathedral in Piazza Diamo to pray. When I lived in New York City, I, I almost every day I went to St. Patrick's Cathedral. A couple of years later, in Los Angeles, I got baptized in the Serbian Orthodox Church. And in 2000, I had my first confession and communion. I experienced a presence of grace that lasted for several hours after partaking of the Eucharist. And ever since, I started to attend Mass on a regular basis. Here's a uh, photo of the director with the actor. Um going over a script okay question 
What made you decide that you wanted to make a film about St. Nictorius? What importance does he hold for you personally? Even though I often read books on saints, I never thought of making a film about a saint. In the summer of 2012, I went to Belgrade for the one-year memorial of my father. It was there that I bought a book about St. Nectorios of Agiana. I guess I'm pronouncing that correctly. As I read about him for the first time, I was moved on a very personal level. Almost every word of it sounded as if it was written in my soul. I couldn't help but think of my father, who, like St. Nectarios, was persecuted for righteousness' sake. Okay, this is very interesting now. This is getting very interesting. All right. My father was one of the best civil engineers in the ex in ex Yugoslavia, but but while loved and respected by common people, he was disliked by his superiors, as he was not willing to to do unethical things to further his career. There were those who were set on making profits, regardless of what it took to get rid of him. They brought him to court on false charges, and after six false witnesses testified, he was fired from his position. After a long time, he managed to get a job in a small factory in the suburbs, where he worked until he retired. He was often criticized for being too honest and too righteous at the cost of his own well-being and those around him. However, I always admired him for it. The imprint that he left inside of me was rekindled by the story of St. Nectorius. I simply had to make a film about it. I had to put myself inside the story to bring St. Nectorius to uh, to the hearts of people. I made the film in the hope to help those who suffer the most. Okay, here's a quote here. Saints are so filled with grace of the Holy Spirit that they are not only aware of their own sins, but they start feeling that they are also responsible for the sins of others. They are so engulfed by God's love that they became completely selfless and they cannot help but take on burdens for the sake of others. That's beautiful. There are several scenes in the movie. This is the question now. There are several scenes in the movie that show Nictorios taking on burdens for the sake of others. In one scene, while he was head of the seminary and some students had been fighting, he responded by punishing himself with several days of fasting. Where do you think this approach came from? Came from? Um, came from for him? What do you think we can learn from it? Okay, where do you think this approach came from uh, for him? What do you think what do you think we can learn from it? It was a little kind of funny uh, question there. Okay, when a person starts getting close to God, they this is the director, they become more and more aware of their own faults. If we are in the room with very little light, we do not see things clearly. As we approach the light, we start seeing things better. In, in the same way, a person who is walking towards God, towards the light, becomes more and more aware of his own state. Saints are so filled with the grace of the Holy Spirit 
that they are not only aware of their own sins, but they start feeling that they are also responsible for the sins of others. They are so engulfed by God's love that they become completely selfless and they cannot help but take on burdens for the sake of others. Saint Notarius had incredible humility, which nowadays many mistake for weakness. There is no greater strength than to be humble. Only then can we acquire a true peace and true happiness. That's very beautiful. So she said it. Okay. St. Nectarius was Eastern Orthodox, but there is much about his story that is similar to many Western saints. In what ways do you think he could be a figure who unites Christians of different kind? Do you think there is anything Catholic in particular, Catholics in particular might find appealing about him? Eastern Orthodox and Catholics venerate many of the same saints. In general, stories of saints are universal. People of different faith, denominations, and ethnic backgrounds can relate to them, even people of no faith. One of the main uh, pre uh, premises of men of God is that lust for power and money destroy people and humanity. One thing that almost all saints have in common is strong faith. Love for God and people accompanied with persecution and suffering St. Nectarios was unjustly persecuted his entire life. A lot of people can relate to that. Another thing that Catholics can certainly relate to is St. Nectar's love and devotion to the Holy Virgin Mary. He is revered as a saint now, but he was treated very badly by the hierarchy of the Orthodox Church during his uh, during his life. Why was he treated so poorly? In every Christian denomination, every religion, this is her response, we have examples of holy people being mistreated because they are holy, whether it is in the Eastern Orthodox or Catholic or Protestant Church. We have those who live by what they preach, those who shed the light of Christ and those who are more interested in money and power than Jesus Christ. St. Victoria was a true follower of Jesus Christ, for he lived a Christ-like life. Because of that, he was able to help people, and people loved him. This aroused jealousy in those who seek glory from men instead of glory from God. Very beautiful. First public screening of the film was done on Mount Athos. Wow. In January 2021, in front of 150 monks. I was very pleased and relieved that they liked it. That's beautiful. There's a scene here. Um, a bunch of uh, Greek Orthodox priests. Looks like, um, like they're having coffee or tea. Yeah, uh, he was... I mean, there was this, there was a scene, the final scene that I loved, where he got on donkey and he was he he has he had prostate cancer severely, and he rode on sideways to um, to go to a shrine of the Blessed Virgin Mother, and he prayed so fervently, so I mean, the scene was so emotional, you know, the prayer 
it brought tears in your eyes because he he prayed for the for the the convent of nuns he he prayed for their sake after he's gone and he begged the blessed mother to talk to her son to plead to her son on, on his behalf for for their sake it was just very beautiful okay have you spoken with any current bishops in the greek orthodox church about the film have any of them seen it if so what has been their reaction many of the bishops in the in the greek orthodox church have liked the film and supported it for which i am very grateful Metro, metropolitan kilopis of sweden was a consultant on the story as a matter of fact the first public screening of the film was done on mount athos in january 2021 in front of 150 monks i was very pleased and relieved that they liked it mickey rourke okay there's a question here mickey rourke was given top billing in the cast he is heavily advertised as the star of the film but he only appears in the film for a couple of minutes how did he come to be associated with the project and what is the importance of his character mickey rourke does play a smaller role but a very meaningful one as i was trying to make a film for the international audience i needed an international cast when i wrote the character of the paralyzed man i thought of mickey rourke I never forgot his incredible performance in the pledge in which he had only one scene, but the, but the one you never forgot. If you saw it, I was well aware of his incredible talent and his devotion to the Catholic faith. I felt that he was perfect for the role. When he read the script, he connected with his part, with, with, with his part. And I'm grateful that he came all the way to Greece to work with me oh, that's very that's very beautiful it's very nice i mean he's he's quite a he's quite uh he's let's put it this way he's very lively person mickey rourke okay all right let's continue all right uh i guess you can say mickey rourke is something like mel gibson <laughs> a little bit like him what do you hope that people will feel when they watch this film? What's the big takeaway? I made this film for those who suffer. And after so much feedback from different people of different faiths and nationalities, it does seem that the film has a healing quality. After an interview with a French journalist, I received a personal email. It said it's something like this. I lost my husband a year ago from cancer. I was devastated. I did not want to live any longer. After seeing your film, I feel I want to go on living. That's beautiful. That's great. What other films or filmmakers influenced you as you were writing and shooting this film? I did watch uh, a lot of John Huston before making the film. I like his style. I read the book, uh, the book written by Ili Kazan multiple multiple times as I wrote the script. And before I started to direct, uh, for me, it was all about what does every word of it mean to me? How much truth, uh, how much truthful, how and, and how truthful I can be in every scene by directing on the waterfront. Ili Kazan said that the story was so personal to him that he was practically showing the world where he stood. 
a bit of odd hypothetical, but if St. Nectorius were to meet Pope Francis, what do you think he might say to him? I don't know what he would say to Pope Francis if they were to have met, but I believe that he would listen attentively. Okay, that's that's fair. All right, so that ended it there. There is one more thing I want to read. Hold on. Okay, I'm uh, reviewing this other article that my friend sent me. I don't think it would be appropriate for this one. As a matter of fact, uh, it's more appropriate for the Atlantic article about the rosary. I, I'm going to do another one. I think I should do another one. But um, anyway, I just hope that you guys liked what I read. Um, and I hope that you get a chance to see the movie. It's really, It's really a good film. So... Uh, I'm going to leave it here right now, uh, but I hope you en- you enjoy this article, and uh, I'll see you soon. God bless.